0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Here we are, episode 22. Happy to have you joining us again this week. And it's been a week. Jim, how are you?
1: I, I, it has been a week, hasn't it? Yeah, whether in our own personal lives, we were kind of catching up a little before we hit record and there's a lot lot going on there. And of course, the craziness of this whole election season and, and all of that, and this isn't a political podcast, so we'll, we'll stay away from, uh, that stuff, um, other than to say, here are two spot monkeys. We count all votes. But, anyways, um, yeah, I am doing well. I'm ready, uh, ready to talk some wrestling and and stop having to talk about, think about, watch, listen, whatever, um, all the other craziness in the world. And instead, we get to talk about something that you and I both enjoy, and I assume our listeners enjoy. Otherwise, if they don't enjoy pro wrestling, this could be a long show.
0: Thank goodness for the distraction of pro wrestling. I will tell you that much. So thankful.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we've got a few things to talk about, the biggest piece of which will be our preview and our head-to-head for AEW full gear, which comes up uh, this weekend on Saturday night. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit, which will be nice because we haven't uh, gotten to talk a whole lot of AEW lately. There's just been a lot of other things and, uh, and trying to keep, tom catch up and keep current uh or get current on AEW, which he is now um so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that here in a little bit But we got a couple of topics that we want to hit just briefly before that um we've been talking about the ring of honor pure title tournament all along uh, and uh they crowned their champion last weekend uh in a match that it took me a little while to hunt down and find because my sinclair station for some reason doesn't list ring of honor right now even though it does air it Uh, And me clicking record on Hulu Live on every show from 10 o'clock on until about 3 in the morning, somehow it still didn't record the one show I wanted. Um, A little bit of a cluster going on there, but I eventually got a hold of it and I was able to see it. And Jonathan Gresham, as Tom and I both predicted, is your Ring of Honor pure champion. Tom, what do you think of the match, the tournament, uh, maybe even thoughts about the the six-man as well uh, that started off?
0: Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I, enjoyable finale, uh, you know, really a, a good match, uh, not the best match of the tournament. I still think Tracy Williams, Jay Lethal was, was the the, 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 the tournament stealer, if you will, but, but nothing, nothing bad at all. And I thought actually that, the way that the final match went was very befitting of the path that Gresham had taken the whole time. And I think as, as you really watch the video package for each guy, but specifically for Gresham and how they talked through his strategy and all of that, I think that really played into the story of the match, which was, I thought was very enjoyable. Uh, So, so that was cool. I liked the ending. Um, I was a little nervous that we were going to get lethal down there and maybe a swerve and an attack. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't, because obviously there's still the tag champs as well. So yeah, enjoyable, um, enjoyable finale. Um, Like I said here before, I really would have preferred that that match be the standalone match on that show. Um, It could have easily gone longer than it did. I think they could have done more um, in the ring. They're two incredibly talented guys. Uh, Having the sixth man before that, uh, and also, like EC3 is is a pretty big name, I think at least. So to kind of have you have him debut in the way he did, uh, I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't land for me. It didn't hit the mark. So how did you feel about the the did you I don't did you see the whole show?
1: I did. I did.
0: Okay, gotcha. So so yeah, your thoughts on how the the tournament concluded, and then also that six man.
1: To- totally agree with you that uh, it was a good tournament final wasn't you know gangbusters um didn't wasn't blown away by it um but but it was a good match um <clears throat> I, I, I was with you when Lethal came down i was you know i've watched wrestling too long right um i was sitting there going oh he's going to kick gresham in the knee or he's going to you know do something here um he didn't and that's good um And I'm glad that he didn't and and we can get into in a second here what what it looks like moving forward uh, for those all three gentlemen actually involved in that um, end of the match there. So uh, to go to the six man for a minute before I hit that, Um, the six man, I I agree with you, a little bit odd uh, to have EC3 come in and well, he didn't take the fall um, lose in his first match. I I get that you're trying to build Shane Taylor and it seems like the the sons of savagery. Am I saying that right? I always get that tag team name wrong. I
0: I think so. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You didn't do what Caprice Coleman did and he called it's, and I'm forgetting it now. I want to say it's Shane Taylor promotions. He was calling it like Shane Taylor enterprise or something. He wasn't calling it by their appropriate name. And he he would think with uh, with a, with a pre-taped product, they would (laughs) have, Like, gotten the voiceovers right, unless it was live to tape. But even still, why someone wasn't in his headset? Like, that was, I'm sorry to, to, to nitpick that, but it just, that's one of those details where, like, if you're trying to kind of give this guy a, a, some shine, you got to have your announcers get it right.
1: Right. Well, and I think it was live to tape, but I also think you probably can go back and edit those things too. Um, so, so yeah, that could have been cleaned up and fixed. Um, if maybe they didn't catch it either, I don't know, but, um, you know, it seems like they're they're getting behind both the Shane Taylor um, group a little bit here. And uh, Sons of Savagery also showed up on the week-to-week, Week, the YouTube kind of uh, highlights and, and promos uh, show that they do, which I've really enjoyed through the pandemic. And I'm, my hope is to continue to watch. It's about a 25-minute, uh, maybe a half an hour show that comes out on Tuesday afternoons. Uh, usually they show a, a pretty good stretch. Of some classic Ring of Honor match in there. And I'll be honest, I've seen them most likely. So I, I usually fast forward through that and I get through week and week, week to week in about 15 minutes. Um they had a promo. They interrupted Quinn McKay and did a promo, and they're they're looking for the Briscoes two on two. Um so they're they're clearly trying to get behind them a little bit, which is again, that's fine. I build new stars, absolutely, but just weird to have EC3. I don't know. He looked fine, but like, I didn't feel like he came off as the star they presented him as a week before. Um, it'll be interesting to see now in this next set of tapings that that have happened as they build towards final battle, what do they, you know, do they keep the Shane Taylor EC3 thing going on? I think that's an okay starting feud for him. I don't think you got to bring EC3 in at, you know, feuding with Roosh or anything right off the bat. Um, of course, Roosh isn't in right now, but <clears throat> um, just be interesting to see where that leads uh, moving forward. So... Um, the afterwards though, in in week to week, there was a promo and I know it's been in a few other places with Gresham, um, having won the title, excuse me. And he introduced the foundation, which appears to be a new faction in ring of honor, uh, consisting of Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal and Tracy Williams, uh, who appears to have bought in, which cleaned up for me a little bit. I noticed, I noted at the beginning of the, or the introductions for the finals, that I can't think of the the guy who did the ring announcing because Bobby Cruz couldn't make those that set of tapings, uh, that gentleman's name. But he introduced both Gresham and Williams as representing the foundation, and I thought, what is he talking about? Like, what, Gresham is they've announced that way before, but Williams, what are they talking about? Well, okay, now we see the promo, and we know they're in a faction together. There appears to be a fourth member, uh, with a red octopus mask and a foundation flag, who stood in on that promo as well. At first, I thought, "Oh, Fred Yehai would make a lot of sense here," um, but he looked a little too big to be Fred Yehi to me. Um <clears throat> <I've stood throat> by Yehai, and he's and he's not a big man. Uh, none of those four gentlemen are. Um, <clears throat> I, I just don't. I don't think it was him. Although, much like Retribution, just because the, somebody was under that mask that time doesn't mean that's who it'll eventually be revealed to be. I just yeah. com- compared Retribution and Ring of Honor for the record. Um, I don't know if you caught that.
0: <laughs> you love things that start with the letter R. Uh, the 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 undefined link, I think, to Tracy Williams' involvement in the foundation that was truly materialized by Nick Lendl when he did the announcement was, There's I think, it. in the pre, in the pre-match promo. Williams called Gresham before this match. They showed that.
1: Okay, Tracy I did Williams promo.
0: So yeah, so so Tracy Williams on like they showed Gresham on his iPhone, and Tracy Williams was the contact that came up with the call coming in, and he just spoke to the fact that uh, that he had made the phone call, right? So you had to make some inference, okay. right? But but then but then making that inference, you didn't really know. So even with Lendl announcing representing the foundation, it you had to wait until it fully went, you know, went through the match and the outcome and then the post-match promo to kind of see all the dots connect.
1: And, and I'm okay with that, you know, to keep people guessing a little bit. Um, and 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 that's on me for not having watched the promo. I'll be honest. I just kind of thought, oh, okay, they're going to talk about their journey to the, and I got it. Like, I'm familiar with both Tracy Williams and Jonathan Gresham. They've I've, I've enjoyed those promos. I think they've done a nice job with them, but I was in watch the match mode at that point and, uh, and miss that. So thank you for connecting that dot. Board. Yeah, no,
0: it's all good. Yeah. And that's the thing. I believe me, I'm uh, for all of our listeners and for just you and I as friends, I'm going to bring those weird, like one-offs. I, there's going to be times I can't remember my name, but I'm going to be able to pr- pull up those random details that somehow stuck with me. So
1: we'll figure. That's good. That's where, uh, that's why we work together. Well, as the two spotters, <laughs> uh, I'm the spot monkey. Tom's the technician. Um, that's how this works. I I yell about you know eye for an eye matches, and Tom remembers who called who on an iPhone. So,
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so so really excited too. Just to obviously you know we had a really great was it, eight week stretch of TV as it, as this tournament played out, and kind of got a little bit of the dabble towards the end with the Vincent and Matt Taven. Kind of reveals and 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 the issue there brewing back to the top and again the introduction of EC3 and the reintroduction of uh, Shane Taylor promotions and then great to see the Briscoes really weird seeing them wear all white t-shirts that said Dem boys on it um, you know they're usually usually seeing them like in the camo or the dark colors um, but that was kind of nice I mean again it's a dark setting so maybe that's why they want the white shirts but now we have on, we're on the, on the on the heels or not not the heels on the, on the beginning side of what what in what looks to be another eight weeks of TV. Uh, and they're definitely talking about final battle on their social media. So I'm eager to see uh, the matches for this weekend are Brody King, Dalton Castle, and Dak Draper, Brian Johnson, Johnston. Yep. Johnson. And so i um, excited for that. Uh, it appears that Brody King is uh, kind of angling himself as like the potential person to unseat Roosh uh, or, and or – make
1: a claim himself as that person
0: I'm sorry I missed that
1: Jonathan Gresham also present um in his promo made made the comment that he's coming for Rouge too which is good though I like multiple people wanting the title like that helps make the title seem important um but yeah King definitely has made those uh desires known too
0: yeah so that'll be fun I mean whether we whether we talk ring of honor week by week on this podcast or not you know, who knows, you know, that's going to be determined. And I imagine, you know, um, you know, as something piques our interest, we'll bring it back.
1: Absolutely. And, and I'm interested to see where they go for final battle. You know, can can Roosh come in for final battle? That's I think still very much to be determined. Um, and if so, do they go Gresham Roosh and do you, do you strap the rocket to Gresham? Do you put all three titles on one guy like That's nuts, but I don't know. Um, you know, do they make it that, that Gresham, you know, wears down from defending all of the titles? Or I, it, there's a lot of interesting stories they could do there. Um, I think Brody King. Brody King reminds me a little bit of Homicide, which is a little bit weird, maybe, but just in that he's the violence in Ring of Honor, um, and Ring of Honor is is so focused often on technical wrestling that having somebody who just is violent, um, I, I like having that character um obviously villain enterprises is no more marty skull is kind of persona non grata there in ring of honor um right now and and that's a different topic for a totally different podcast um so it'll be interesting to see king moving out on his own um pco i believe was at these tapings i had seen a tweet that he was there um so that was the first international star they (laughs) i saw a couple of reports that he and sledge were there um and they were the first two international stars i think those reports were confusing Sledge with Slex. Um, Sledge is a Philadelphia Ring of Honor dojo student who they're seeming to get a little bit behind and I probably will be working these tapings or probably did work those tapings. Slex would be the international star uh, who is still stuck in Australia. So we'll see where that goes. Um, But yeah, interested to see. um, Ring of Honor definitely has my interest right now and uh, hopefully my Hulu live subscription will figure it out and get things recorded a little more easily for me here than it has the last couple of weeks. Um a little frustrating when I gotta and unfortunately with Hulu Live, we've lost the um former Fox Sports uh regional sports networks. So like Fox Sports Midwest, Fox Sports Detroit, you probably have up there. Um we've lost those with a, a argument between Sinclair and them. So I don't get the Friday night airing that that at least was a little more predictable uh that I had before. So hopefully we'll see. Um, let's talk uh, Halloween Havoc next, Tom. Uh, we're a little, we're about a week behind on that, but um, but we we're able to, to both see it now. Um, what, what were your first thoughts of Halloween Havoc? Uh,
0: overall, enjoyable um, and different. Uh, and, uh, that thing, those can live on on separate pedestals. Enjoyable and different. Uh, very cool to see Pete Dunne show up. Um, very cool to see Pete Dunne join uh, this, perhaps named by now that I'm not caught up on, a faction of Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, and Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Uh, and immediately I was like, yes, this is where War Games is headed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and, and actually, I think for me, maybe the highlight of Halloween Havoc was Pat McAfee filling in the gaps on the story. Yes. because and and we talked about it too with Ridge Holland and and all of the moving parts there that was actually really well done in my opinion um and gosh for a guy i mean he's a talker he's got a radio show he was bombastic before he stopped playing football uh that being said that was that was really that was a home run for me uh the inner ring stuff uh what opened the show and what closed the show the title matches really delivered uh the, the, the North American title was a little short, but I understood why. I want to know who's behind the screen mask. Uh, and then Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes could have probably done without that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i with you on a, a lot of what you've said um, about Halloween Havoc. Uh, earlier when I asked you if you were up to date on, on NXT, my brain wasn't thinking about it that, Pete Dunn happened at Halloween Havoc. I was thinking there was another week between or after that. Um, So I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I I wanted to talk about it. But if you hadn't seen it, I didn't want to spoil it for you. Um, I love, I'm a big fan of Pete Dunn to begin with. Some people like him. Some people don't. I don't know why. I like Pete Dunn. Have since he started, um, he was the standout to me in that very first United Kingdom tournament uh, that Tyler Bate won the title in. uh, And and I've enjoyed Dunn ever since. Um, I, I'm wondering if they're going to call themselves the Kings because um, McAfee kind of made a, a reference to we're the, we're the Kings and we run this place or something like that. Um, so I wondered if that was him naming the faction. We'll see. I haven't seen NXT from this week either. Um, so we'll see if that plays out more. I'm wondering if that's the the name they're going to go with, which would kind of fit for what they're doing. Um, yeah, I agree with you, though, that there's war games. McAfee, Dunn, Birch. And Lorcan against the Undisputed Era. Um, Sign me up. I'm in. Um, That works for me. Uh, McAfee, you and I both thought, uh, did really well in his match, other than the setup for the finish in his match against Cole uh, at the, what, two takeovers ago, whatever that was. Um, So, or was that last takeover already?
0: Well, so it feels like there's been more than one takeover because of the fact. Wow,
1: that, Havoc something, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, takeover but, thirty was McAfee's debut. Then they did have takeover thirty-one. Thirty-one, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly.
1: I, I think I think you are. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyways, whatever McAfee and Cole was, uh, without having that date in front of us, uh, I, I we both thought he was pretty good. So, put him in war games where a you've got lots of people to interact with him, so that helps. Um, you know, you can do gimmicky things with it um, because it's a war games and you got weapons and you got, you know, Gaga that you could do. Um, that works for me. I love Lorcan and Birch getting a little bit of a shine here um, and getting brought up, whether that was the original plan or not, if they really did pivot. Uh, well, they pivoted, obviously, somewhat, because Ridge Holland would have been involved in this somehow. Um, if they pivoted as much as it seems like they had to pivot... I agree with you. Kudos to the NXT writing team for deliver delivering a promo with Pat McAfee that pulled all of that together. Um, I talk about retribution a lot, I know, but it's similar to you know what you and I talked about having Mustafa Ali, as we've been informed now, is the correct way to pronounce his name. Um, He's very adamant about that, so I will try to get it right here to not get trouble. Um, But having him, you know, talk about being the the computer the stalker guy. you know, on SmackDown, tying together those little pieces is important. And I, so kudos to NXT for doing that with McAfee in a position where they had to do it kind of quick because of the injury to Ridge Holland. And, uh, but they did it in a great way. I agree with you. That's, that made a ton of sense when you listen to it. Um, even if you were going, wow, they really had to pull this together they made it make sense. And that's that's what you have to do in this business, right? Um, things are going to happen. People are going to get hurt. Um, things aren't going to work the way that you think they might, all of those things. But be willing to adapt to it. And then and then your job as creative is to write the story, to tell the story you're trying to tell, and make it make sense. Um, it's why I, I, I don't agree with Jim Cornette on a lot of things. But Jim Cornette has said before that when people get fired because creative has nothing for you, creative should get fired. Their job is to have something for you. Um, He kind of makes sense when he says that. So kudos to creative and and NXT for that. I too am interested in who's behind the scream mask. I would have said Indy Hartwell because obviously they've, they've started to move her into that package, but I just having her interfere that way in the men's match doesn't make as much sense to me. Um, I did think the, the tombstone to the head looked pretty weak, um, that knocked priest off of the, the perch, um, saw it coming from a mile away, certainly. And I know you got to use a gimmick tombstone. So it explodes, but it just, it looked like a prop tombstone that was exploding. Um, so that was a little, yeah, for me, um, how interesting though, that you and I thought that if only one person won the title, it'd be Candace, um. And, boy, we were 180 degrees the other direction on that. Um, Johnny wins the title and Candace doesn't. Um, it, it, I'm interested to see. I, like I said, I haven't seen NXT yet this week. Uh, maybe we'll catch it later tonight. We'll see, or maybe tomorrow. But um, I, I am interested to see where NXT goes uh, with, with those stories. I thought Shotzi Blackheart was fine as the host. Um, the random screaming thing just for me is, like, Meh, um, but it worked in the Halloween Havoc theme, so that's fine. And and I'm with you. I actually just shortly before NXT, maybe the day before, had been thinking, "Gosh, we really haven't seen any cinematic matches lately," and I'm kind of okay with that. And that is, I was watching NXT. I'm like, "You brought this on yourself, Jim." <laughs> you Way to go! Spoken
0: into existence. Um, what? And but,
1: look, one, the one yeah, nice thing. The no, one nice ahead.
0: thing. Sorry. The one nice thing that um that i just want to call out is you know the the depth of the the roster has been an asset lately i mean it should always be an asset right but you're what i what i'm actually rather surprised by in a positive way is not missing finn balor like i definitely want to see him come back especially after that classic with with kyle o'reilly and i want to see what they do from there and how that goes And, and it might not because we appear to have what would look to be the main event for the next takeover in December as being war games. Mm. But not having the NXT title as being a focal point hasn't been hasn't been missed. Like and I don't mean to like say that that it's not valuable, because it is, but there's been so many other things that are been a good use of time that that I'm great I'm I'm thankful for that, I suppose.
1: Agreed. And I, and I think to go back to Loomis and Grimes for a minute, I think what bothered me with that match is Loomis's character has never been a supernatural character. He's been a creepy stalker guy. So if it was just in a creepy stalker um, home or whatever you want to say and that sort of thing and it was just spooky because it was creepy and it was dark and, you know, and, and you opened up a cabinet and there was a head in a jar or something like that or a hand in a jar or something – like, I, I could work with that, but the zombie thing, like, I get it's Halloween Havoc, but the zombies, like, that's not any part of Loomis's character. If you had the zombies with the Undertaker, okay, I, I can make that jump. If, even if you had the zombies with the Fiend, um, okay, because that's some sort of other dimension thing we're doing there. Um, The zombies bothered me. I thought the zombies, whoever they were, were very... Talented and did their job very well, but they didn't fit. That was my thing.
0: Well, and I know that on social media they were promoting Kushida versus Cameron Grimes for NXT this past week. So if Cameron Grimes doesn't come out as a zombie, I'm gonna be really disappointed.
1: <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, you know, I mean, no don't get me wrong. Cameron Grimes screaming like a little girl, um, you know, throughout the whole thing was was funny at points for me because Grimes does play the chicken heel very well. Um, and him asking, you know, um, William Regal to get him out of it and even saying, I'll, I'll take a loss on my record. I'll take a loss on my record. It's okay. Um, I, that part I chuckled through, but then to drag it out over multiple segments and all of that. I don't know. Yeah, I, that match didn't, didn't set the world on fire for me. Um, but the rest of the show I thought was pretty good. Um, I was just looking at the results really quick to see if we were missing anything else. Escobar and Jake Atlas was good. Um, short, short, short. And, yeah. And uh, Rhea and Raquel was, was fine. I thought I did, you know, Raquel didn't make me think, oh my goodness, she's the next Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. But she also didn't make me think, oh God, why is she in the ring? Um, I thought she, she did fine. I, I've mentioned this to you before, I think on this show, I, I think it's time for Rhea to move. I think it's time to get her to SmackDown or Raw. They could use her, A. Um, Now, whether they'd use her well or not, that's crapshoot, um, but they could use her, and I just don't see where she fits in the NXT. I think there's enough other women that need that spotlight in NXT um, that maybe aren't ready for that jump yet to Raw or SmackDown. I think Rhea, it's time. Um, the draft would have been a great time to do it, but uh, we haven't done that yet. So we'll
0: let see. the record let the record show you did state you're okay with Cameron Grimes screams, but Shotzi Blackheart, no thank you. That's, <laughs> we have we have. V- verbal, verbal confirmation on this podcast that you those words are spoken from your mouth.
1: Those words were Grimes. I, I felt like there was reasoning behind his scream. <laughs> he was scared. Blackheart screams just because it's Halloween Havoc and I have to scream. Um, are, are more my give me a reason. At least Grimes was screaming because he was scared. Um, but you know, again, if that's the worst thing, that's okay. I like. Actually- Right. so
0: right no no definitely and and they obviously see something in her because they they are definitely uh giving her that opportunity and more to to show her show show what she's got And I, you could I have hope
1: put her they... on the 400 costume changes that she had to pull off during a live show too <laughs> so yeah. not easy yeah
0: yeah i hope halloween havoc is here to stay
1: i do too i do too i it was always one of my favorite pay-per-views i don't know why um i started to go back and watch the first one um Last week, I guess it was, or week before, um, and I'm I'm still not through it because again, trying to say currents on everything else, right? There's not a lot of time to go back and watch classic stuff on the network as much as I'd like to. Um, but uh, I forgot that was the the debut of Doom at the first Halloween Havoc, so that was kind of fun to watch that that match with the Steiners and remember that storyline uh, from back in '89 when I was a much much younger boy than I am now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I agree. Let's keep Halloween Havoc around that. That'd be just fine with me. Uh, and I'm glad that Halloween Havoc meant something um, where, you know, they have Starcade every December. It's a glorified house show. That's all it is. Yep. Um, and who knows if they'll even do it this year since they're not doing house shows. Uh, Halloween Havoc had purpose to it, which, which I like. If you're going to use those names, make them mean something. I realize it's not the level that it once was. That's fine. But let NXT use them for their, their specials and those kinds of things. I think that's a good idea. Um uh, like they did with the the Great American Bash, was it Great American Bash or Bash at the Beach? Yep. Great, Great American Bash,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, um, well, that's right. Uh, Cody used Bash at the Beach, didn't he? Um, over in AEW, which is a perfect segue to Tom kick us off. Tell us all about how bad you are kicking my tail in the head to head.
0: Well, I wouldn't say it's it's that uh, detrimental right now, but yes, uh, as we enter uh, we'll uh, our
1: barbed wire bat.
0: Uh, <laughs> as we enter our preview for full gear and our pickems, uh, we currently in our head-to-head competition um have me at 28 and 8 and Jim at 25 and 11. So there's a three match difference as we enter a card this Saturday which spoiler I've already ordered the show. What? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So <laughs> the money the money is being plunked down when they when they auto debit my account for my cable bill, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm watching Full Gear live. My, my my brother's coming over, so I'm excited. My brother hasn't been watching a lot of wrestling because he's been really busy at work. But uh, he was actually in a, in a car accident with my stepdad. They hit a deer, uh, and, then, and then their car was rear-ended after they hit the deer. Um, so they they got it from both angles. Um, so anyway, that that got us connected this week, and I just said, hey man, it's been a minute since we hung out. Um, I'm planning on getting full gear. Uh, we haven't watched wrestling in a while. Let's do this. He's like, sounds like a plan. And he has no idea what's happening. So we actually were together for the first episode of AEW, and that's pretty much all he's ever seen. So he's familiar with a lot of the guys and the girls, um, and probably unfamiliar too. So it'll be fun to have him shotgun with me as we watch, because um, I'm sure it'll be a different perspective for someone who's not current on the product.
1: Absolutely. And we've got nine matches um, for this. So depending on how these picks go, Tom and I, of course, uh, never tell each other our picks ahead of time. Uh, partially for me, that would be tough because I haven't made up my mind on a few of these matches until we talk through them. Um, so, uh, nine matches there, there would be the possibility that I could catch up in this show or even overtake you if we really went crazy and we're, you know, different on a lot of these. I, I tend to think there are some matches that are, are pretty, uh, I'll be stunned if we differ on, um, but but I would say there are some that probably we we may see differently. Um, so uh, let's kick off with the first match, uh, which is the new buy-in match. Originally, Orange Cassidy and John Silver was going to be on the buy-in. That's been moved to the main pay-per-view. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, the first match now on the buy-in uh, on the free preview show is an NWA women's title match with Serena Deeb, the new champion who won the title a few weeks back, maybe three or four weeks ago. Uh, from thunder rosa Uh, and she is defending against allison kay formerly sienna in impact wrestling as well um i'm making picks first is that right tom we talked about this yep Yep. Yep. okay so i didn't want to jump ahead of you if i if i was doing that wrong but uh you know i think it's been interesting to see the nwa and and aew work together a little bit Uh, i did see an interview with cody yesterday day before. Um, where he said he doesn't ever necessarily see them doing a co-branded show, uh, where it's AEW and the NWA bring you, and and that makes sense to me because AEW is is light years ahead of the NWA right now. Um, so co-branding doesn't do anything for AEW, but having their guy, their folks, their guys and gals from the NWA on their show, and having the NWA titles as a part of their show, occasionally is kind of a fun thing. Um, I had enjoyed NWA Power when that was a thing for a little while. Hopefully that'll come back at some point. I have not seen any of the uh, weekly pay-per-views that they and the United Wrestling Network are doing. Uh, and they don't have nearly the the presence on that. I've watched, I've caught all of the results because of the Fantasy Wrestling League you and I are in. Um, but they don't have nearly the NWA involvement in that show that I expected them to have originally. Um, that either being here or there. This match, let's talk about Serena Deeb and Allison Kaye. Um, deep just won the title a few weeks ago. So, well, Allison Kay certainly would make a fine NWA women's champion. I just don't think you take the title off deep that quickly when you don't have a weekly, um, TV show right now for the NWA. I know they've got that weekly pay-per-view and deep has been on it a couple of times. Um, I just don't know that you want to hotshot your titles too much. Uh, there was some talk that they got the belt off of Thunder Rosa because she was going to sign with AEW or with WWE or whatever. I've read she's under contract until, you know, late in 2021. So that clearly wasn't it. So if you weren't just getting the belt off Thunder Rosa because she was report- reporting to Orlando the next week or something, um, then I don't know why you'd need to get it off Deeb that quickly. So I think you stay with Serena Deeb here. And it's always, to me, the the preview or the buy-in or the pre- pre-show pre match or whatever Nine times out of ten, the baby face seems to win that match uh, to get people excited for the show. So I've got Deeb keeping the title here.
0: Yeah, my pick is the same here. Uh, I don't know why you would change the, the championship. Uh, I think it's a it's a profile match. It's a great match for the buy-in. Um, this is probably the one match I probably won't watch on Saturday just because I'll be working to get my brother over. I'll be picking him up, and, and he has his license, but he doesn't have a car. So um, I'll be – bringing him over to my house. Uh I had thought Serena Deeb had signed with AEW. So am I mistaken yeah. about that?
1: No, I believe there was a tweet a tweet that said Serena Deeb is all elite. Okay. I so
0: clearly clearly back to the whole like, you know, partnership agreement whatever it is, clearly they they someone's allowing her to to be to wrestle for NWA and 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 give added credibility to that title. Not that Thunder Rosa wasn't doing a nice job because I think she was, but um, yeah, as a, as a one off for this, uh, again, especially if she's AEW talent, you you definitely have deep go over and you have a retain the title for sure.
1: Yeah, and I did just look and yes, Serena Deeb did. Uh, all Elite Wrestling tweeted on September 21st, "Welcome to the team, Serena Deeb is All Elite." So the next match uh, we have is Orange Cassidy. The previous buy-in match, Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. What you thinking on uh, Cassidy and Silver, Tom?
0: Yeah, I've i liked the build for this. I've liked I've liked the way that this has has come to the surface, and I think it's going to be a really fun match. I haven't been able to disconnect myself from thinking about how I'm perceiving Orange Cassidy from where he was coming off the Mimosa Mayhem match and then the you know, kind of point he was at or whatever was happening with he and Cody and the TNT title to now end up here. And I recognize that some of these things are kind of intertwined, so it's kind of leading us here and, and, and it makes some sense. But when you think about it, he has arguably his highest profile match with Jericho, wins that, and then now he's here it's not apples to apples. So 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 I just I'm I'm putting that out into the universe just as a thought and a feeling about this, especially because I think he's incredibly marketable and people want to, to get behind him. Um let's hope he's not already peaking. Uh I I don't think he is, but let's 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 hope that's not the case. Um I, I, th- I they could have gone a different direction here and this could have ended up ended up being just a simple match on dynamite and I almost wish they did or had done that, but I won't get into my armchair booking. Orange Cassidy wins this match. There's no, there's no other outcome I can see happening here. Even though I don't think that it's bad um, for the Dark Order to get some buzz, I just don't know where they're where they're at right now. Like I don't even know where Mister Brody Lee's at in the scope of things. So yeah, so on, it, on the on the service and on the paper, Cassidy's my pick
1: yeah I thought it was interesting that uh Lee did not appear to even be at Dynamite last week um don't don't know if that was a creative decision you know a covid thing uh whatever thing it was just interesting I agree with you um and and I agree with your pick we're gonna be two for two here on uh going the same direction, which neither of these matches shock me that we have the same winner uh there's a little piece of me that goes well, maybe there could be like some sort of shenanigans and silver gets the win. But I'm not sure John Silver has won a match in AEW. Well, on Dark, I think they've won some matches. Um, you know, I, I like Silver. Um, I, I think the kind of crazy character that he's played is kind of fun. Um, and Silver and Cassidy certainly know each other well from their, their independent runs and, and time and beyond wrestling and, and other places. Um but there is No planet that makes sense to me where it makes sense to me that John Silver would beat Orange Cassidy here on pay-per-view. Like you said, on Dynamite, if we were picking a random Dynamite episode and they were wrestling, I could see more of the shenanigans, something happening, Anna Jay interferes, Colt Kamana, um, inadvertently interferes, you know, something that leads to John Silver. Um, I would more likely see that leading to Orange Cassidy winning on the pay-per-view, you know, and and the Dark Order bumbling it um, again, which seems to be kind of what they do. Um, And maybe Lee shows up at the pay-per-view and, you know, kicks John Silver into the sixth row or something um, because he's tired of losing because he did seem to be getting a little angry about the whole losing thing lately. Um, So maybe that plays in somewhere in here, but it was an easy pick for me. Orange Cassidy wins the match. We Move into the elite deletion. Boy, if we didn't love cinematic matches before, here we go. The one that started it all, Matt Hardy, uh, with the the Hardy compound, and uh, what was it, Final Deletion, I think, or something was the first, um, one of those. And then the, the Wyatts were involved later, and um, when he came to WWE, and anyways, this is where the whole cinematic thing started was with Matt Hardy, and so now we get another. Cinematic match, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, the elite deletion. Um, I got to admit, the whole, and I think we've talked about this back in a a while, a while ago, the whole broken Matt Hardy gimmick has never clicked for me. Um, The broken universe has never clicked for me. Uh, I fear a lot of that in this match. Uh, I think there's going to be, I think he's going to do his, uh, you know, switch between Five different characters or how many versions of Matt Hardy there are now um, that will happen throughout this match I have no doubt uh, now it's funny because I, I that part doesn't do a whole lot for me but I loved when John Cena did it in the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania so you know again to go to my Shotzi Blackheart and uh, Cameron Grimes I'm clearly you know I speak out of both sides of my mouth I should run across. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um this to me has to be the blow off. Like I thought their false count anywhere and anything goes or whatever it was match um, at the last pay-per-view. Right. Um, Where Hardy got concussed and and that match should have been called. We talked about that at the time. Um, I thought that was going to be the blow off. This has got to be the blow off. So if you're going to do the blow off, I can go either way because Guevara is clearly the guy that you're going to position for the future. And Matt Hardy is not, but I think Hardy wins this match. However you win an elite deletion match, which could be another interesting thing to see play out. So I'm going to go Matt Hardy. I think this has been a really good build, um, even though I'm kind of ready for the ma- for the feud to be over. Um, I think they've done a, a good job building this feud. Um, Guevara has definitely come off a little tougher and not quite the, the chicken-ass heel um, that I think he was portrayed at early on in AEW. I think he's come off with a little more edge, in this um so i have liked that but uh i otherwise i'm still going with hardy on this one
0: yeah i th- i can go a couple different directions here and and as i were to try to weave through those um i i end up with being interested in picking both guys you <laughs> yep. know I, you know on, on, on the surface when you when you see the the gimmick title match you would think that you say okay it's Matt Hardy's gimmick match. It's it's his to win. And, and 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 again, he's the baby face, so he should be able to blow off, win the blow off and move on. But I don't know what he's moving on to because he's still kind of like the second for the private party, and that needs to develop a little bit more. And maybe that does after this wraps up this weekend. Sammy has been and 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 he was a guy early on when I first kind of became aware of him in PWG that I wasn't super keen on. And even when he got going in the AEW, I was like, oh, they're, they're going with this guy. And But he's grown on me. And, and, and week by week um, or match by match, I guess I should say, in most cases, I like him more and more. Uh, and I like him in, in the ring. And I think he's also like a swarmy like guy that I want to get his butt kicked, too. And I think he should get his butt kicked here uh, because there's more that he can do even in a loss than I think Matt Hardy can do if he loses this match. So Matt Hardy's my pick as well, but I would say I probably put that like 60, 40. So if we come back next week with three big things from full gear and we're talking about a Sammy victory as one of those three big things on either of our sides, I won't be surprised. Um I actually have an opinion about where I think Sammy goes next, but it it feeds into a match we're talking about later. So I'm going to hold that now. Um, we are three for three on our picks.
1: We are. We have matched up three times. Uh, I got a sneaky hunch. This is where you think uh, the connection is going to be made is in our next match. Uh, if MJF wins, he joins the inner circle. MJF versus Chris Jericho. How about that steak dinner, Tom?
0: You know, I didn't think that was that bad, and I actually, oh, I, I was really impressed with how well MJF sang. I don't think it was a lip-sync.
1: No, uh, no he actually he has a background in musical theater, I read.
0: Right. Is I mean, he actually was better than Jericho in my opinion. Now, again, Hokey and Goofy and those poor girls that they dropped on the floor, I really felt bad for them, to be quite honest with you. That was like my biggest concern of the whole segment. Um, But this has been really unique and interesting, and they're both bad guys so watching them kind of play off each other and it's been a little extra at times to use a word that my kids would say dad you're being extra they each guy has been extra but it feeds into their personalities in a way uh and i was really surprised that it took until this past wednesday for the physicality to actually happen and and jericho was kind of prompting and urging mjf to kind of be in that spot and even after the match it took one more step for mjf to make it physical I'm really looking forward to this match. I know that you are a bigger MJF fan than I am, but I'm coming around on him. And again, frankly, you've seen more AEW on the bigger stage than I have. So I think more so that I that than uh, than just the show in general that I'm excited to participate and watch, uh, and plunk down my hard-earned money for. I think these two guys can 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 do something special in the ring. Now I'm not I'm expecting a match of the year, um, but I think the outcome here is part of a longer story and so with that I'm going to pick MJF as my winner and I'm going to pick MJF as my winner but I think that he will choose to not join the inner circle he has the right to join doesn't mean he will I think it might be a ruse the whole time and then he'll hold it over Jericho's head and then Jericho's going to do whatever he can and I actually think that because Sammy has lost to Matt Hardy and needs a reboot he then goes right into a program or, or uh, part of a program where he gets to be the the foil for Jericho and faces off with MJF. So we'll see. That's that's where I'm at today. I, this
1: is one um, where I can go both ways, um, and mainly because of the step. Um, and... Th- my back and forth on it. So, so I did not love the steak dinner. Um, it, it was cheesy. It was hokey. And it just, I maybe part of my issue with it was I feel like there are people um, and, and you're not one of these people, Tom, but there are people who badmouth WWE for the hokey stuff they do and love AEW. And I'm like, if they put that thing on Raw, those people would be up in arms and saying, look, this is why AEW is the best, blah, blah, blah. So you got to call a spade a spade, um, you know, for those folks. And again, I don't, I don't loop you into that, um, that grouping. So maybe that was part of my thing. It just, it didn't work for me. Um, I appreciate that for some though, they enjoy it. Um, it's kind of like the Broken Matt Hardy stuff. Clearly from the response that Broken Matt Hardy had been getting and the merch sales and all that kind of stuff, like he was onto something. It didn't click for me, but he was onto something. Um you know, the, the steak dinner was a little bit bad for me. Um, it worked for some people, some people, it, it was pretty polarizing. People either thought it was just the greatest thing ever, or, you know, it was the, the dirt worst. Um, and it wasn't, to me, it wasn't the worst thing ever on wrestling. Good Lord. We've seen far worse. Um, I mean, there was a freaking trash monster in a cinematic match, you know, back at money in the money in the bank. Was that when that was, I can't remember, um, street profits and, and Viking Raiders, but, um, anyways, that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, this match, like I said, I man, I can go either way, and it's I, I agree with you. I think this is the this is a step in the story. I don't think this is the end of this story at all. Um, I, i'm I'm gonna go with mjf because I think there is more story to be told if mjf joins or has the ability to join the inner circle than if he doesn't. i if he can't, if he loses. I just, I don't know where you go with that. Maybe they can do something creative still from that. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly willing to see that. I also think Jericho, while he usually does seem to go over in these pay-per-view matches, he does seem to be willing to help the younger guys. Um, you know, he did lose the Mimosa match, which granted all he had to do was get knocked into a big vat of orange juice, but um, at least this one, he'd actually have to get pinned and not go swimming. So <laughs> um I, I just think, I think he'd want to put over MJF um, as much as Jericho at times, I think can be a little too much um, both on screen and on Twitter. Um, I, I do think he wants the next generation to have their shot. And I think putting MJF makes o- makes sense. Putting MJF over makes sense in that. I, I wonder if MJF is going to end up being the leader now of the inner circle and that Ortiz and Sammy who were so against it maybe they're in on it maybe there's something more going on there um I I don't know I, I this is interesting um you know at first I would have said boy what are you doing it's heel heel like that's gonna be really strange um and I still don't know who I'm supposed to cheer for in this <laughs> match um and that but that's okay because you've told a story that intrigues me. Even if I don't have a cheering interest in it, I'm interested to see where the story goes. So kudos to AEW uh, for pulling that off. Um, I hope they don't go too swerve heavy with it because this story certainly has the ability to go swerve, 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 swerve. I don't want it to turn into, you know, Vince Russo booking here. and I, and I don't think they've done too much of that yet. So I'm hopeful that that won't happen here. But I'm going to go MJF as well. Uh, as much as I want to go Jericho so that we have a difference and I have a chance, uh, I, I do feel like MJF wins and I don't want to bury myself by making a, a difference just for difference sake because um, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the next match to go into uh, is the women's title match, which didn't have a lot of build until a week or two ago. And now all of a sudden, I really want to see. Um, It's a return match. It's Hikaru Shida defending the title versus uh, the woman she took the title from, Nyla Rose. Uh, I'm right in that, aren't I? Yeah, Shida beat Rose, yes, um, for the title. You picked first. My turn to pick first. Um, So I think about that for a minute. Um, So Shida Rose, this is another one where I can go either way. Um, I have loved Hikaru Shida's work in the ring. I like her as champion, but I... Don't feel like she's felt like the top of the division for some reason. I don't know if it's the booking. I don't know quite what it is. There just quite hasn't quite been that. Oh, she's the champ. She's the one. Um, on the other hand, Nyla Rose is definitely a beast. Um, she's called the native beast after all. Um, you know, destroys everybody, all of that kind of stuff. Uh is okay in the ring. Um, has had some really good matches, has had some real clunkers. So I think in ring, this could go either way. Uh, their first match, my memory, is it was it was pretty good. Um, so I think that'll be good. Sheeta can lead pretty well. I, I just don't know on this one, to be perfectly honest, which way I want to go. Um, if Sheeta retains, what do you do with Nyla Rose? That would be two losses in a row to Sheeta. And what do you do with Nyla Rose? Um, they have been building although maybe not in the last couple of weeks, but they've been building Britt Baker pretty well, which who's a heel. They've been building Big Swole pretty well, who's a babyface. face. Um, you know, there, there are some things Chris Statlander might come back. I can't remember how long um, she's still out for after her injury. Um, so the women's division is kind of starting to come together a little bit more, I feel like. Um, I'm going to go Nyla Rose. I just think that... That makes a little more sense right now to put the belt back on her and have people chasing, you know, the unstoppable beast. You have Vicky Guerrero, which adds a new angle um, to that presentation. Um, and I, I thought Guerrero bowing in front of Sheeta and then Sheeta going after her, although she missed the grip on the choke the first time or the, the shirt. Um, she she recovered and got a hold of her. I thought was good on Wednesday. Um, so I'm going to go Nyla Rose.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go Hikaru Shida, uh, and I hope it's more than just heart uh, that I'm picking with. You're you're better at picking champion uh, changes. Uh, Note most recently, Randy Orton over Drew McIntyre.
1: Well, when you Uh, pick four months in a row, you're eventually gonna get it right.
0: But I, I I see I see really – I agree with your point. If Rose loses here, I don't know what comes next, especially when you've got a mouthpiece like Vicky. Or maybe they just think that because they've got a mouthpiece like Vicky, she can afford a loss here and be pivoted to something else. Who knows? I want to see Sheeta versus Brett Baker, and I think that's where it makes sense to head. And I think Brett is the one that gets the title off Sheeta versus Rose. Um, that's not to say they couldn't do Nyla Rose versus Brett Baker, but it's heel-heel again. And again, how many lines do you want to blur all the time? So, I, I, it, this this is a toss-up for me too. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice. This is a competition. This is fun. But I also do think Sheeta deserves to remain champion, and I would like to see. I hope that AEW also sees the future um, of the shida Britt Baker title clash down the road. Next match up
1: is the TNT title match. Cody with his new blonde hair again. Um, his hair going to fall out. He keeps changing all that color. Uh, Cody defends versus Darby Allen. What are you thinking, Tom?
0: Yeah, this is a tough one. This is really tough for me. Uh, I'll be really, really frank that I was surprised for such a short TNT reign for Mr. Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it made sense. I mean, the, it, was, it was a very kind of kind of a compact feud between he and Cody, um, and very much I think in a non-traditional sense of how you would think a feud would play itself out. Um, but it was about making this title even more valuable than it is. I love the history between Darby Allen and Cody. I think this is match three, if I'm not mistaken, head to head between each of them. Darby has gotten so close every single time is now the time. Uh, and Darby is a guy that's getting TV every week, and His vignettes are different than anyone else on the entire program. And Cody really doesn't need this title to be who he is and, and what he is. But are they ready to give Darby Allen the chance? I think Cody is very much like Jericho, like you were talking about with Jericho in the MJF match. Jericho wants the future of this company to be strong. And the MJFs and the Darby Allens and the Sammy Guevara's and other guys are that. So you need to have them get significant wins. My pick is going to be Darby Allen, but it's a, but I think this is a toss-up too. I do think that this is finally the chance that Dar- Darby gets to, A, get that big victory over Cody and also be a champion. And I'm not sure that the championship reign lasts long if he does win. I really don't know. I don't I don't know that I see him as a as a TV champion or as a TNT champion. But I might be wrong about that. But I do think that the story of, of him going for this, what he's had to overcome. I could actually see the person he loses it to if he does win. And I won't go there yet. Mm-hmm. But I actually will I will bring that up. I was very interested in how Taz and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks had a promo that really centered on both of these guys, but what Cody as well, and also not having a shot at the pay-per-view or even a spot at something, even though they're highly ranked. I hope this doesn't go to a no contest by their interference or I hope it doesn't become a tag match. I'd be really disappointed if that's the case, Um, but we'll see. But you got, I had to bring that up because that was very much front of my mind as I watched Dynamite this week, knowing that this is a high profile match. There's history between these two competitors, but then in the background you've got team Taz or whatever they're calling Taz's group.
1: Yeah, this is a, a toss up for me as well. Um I've gone both ways on this match. Um, I thought it was interesting that Darby is, is saying that, you know, they, the TNT doesn't want him to be the face of TNT. They had the, the, the promo with the, um, the car that's at the face of TNT, and he ran over um, the the person with the Cody mask on. I think you said you haven't seen the very tail end of of AEW yet from this week. Cody cuts a promo on Darby uh, where he says, you're not the ace. Um, A a little bit of a heel tinge to it, not outward, but just a little cocky, maybe, Um, which makes me think maybe that means Darby needs to go over to be the ace. But I think you brought up the point that I don't know where it's gonna play in, but Team Taz is gonna play a role in this match. They they've um you know said said as much that they're gonna be there, they're mad, they're not on the pay-per-view, um, and all of that. I'm gonna go Cody winning this because of Team Taz interference that screws Darby Allen and and I can hear Jim Ross saying, you know, Darby Allen had him beat and you know, god damn you, Taz, excuse the language, um, you know, kind of thing. Um, because Taz and Brian Cage and, and Ricky Stark screw Darby Allen. And then eventually maybe Darby does, you know, go on to win the title um on a on a rematch where it's in a cage or it's um some way that they do that that keeps team Taz out of it. Um but I'm gonna go Cody, but boy, I don't feel strong about that um at all because I think if Allen loses, he needs to lose in a way that he gets screwed. He can't lose clean here because of the way they've set it up. Um, because they've involved team Taz. I, and I think, and team Taz has been just, you know, beating up poor Darby Allen left and right. Um, I could see them, you know, now costing him his biggest match ever. Um, and the chance where he was going to beat Cody and he was going to be the champion. And now he doesn't get that. Um, I could also see it being Darby Allen wins the match by DQ, um, but I don't want to get that into the weeds on a pick either. <laughs> so um, I'm going to pray that doesn't happen and I lose a match to you just because it's a stupid DQ finish um, on a pay per view.
0: We'll yeah, I, and, and I think Darby's had Cody's number in both of their previous two matches. The first one was the was the was I think the draw. Yeah, and that was a that was amazing. That was one of the better matches of. 2019 if that's when that happened again i don't remember how long years are now years feel longer than years yeah and yeah it was feel, summer of 19 yeah months feel longer than than weeks sometimes um actually I that reverse that weeks feel longer than months i digress but then then their then their second match was it in the in the tnt tournaments when they were doing like kind of the, the shows in in the in the garage or in the in the, right. in, the, in, the in the in the atlanta or that the georgia like you know I don't even, don't even know what you'd call that venue. Um, yeah, and that match was, yeah, that match was good, but didn't meet the first level. But again, I think still, be, WC is getting so close and so close. So I hope they pay that off here. But you're right. The team Taz component adds a shade of gray that we'll have to wait and see what Saturday brings.
1: Yeah, I, uh, that was the other thing that Cody says in the promo. I realize I'm spoiling this for you. I apologize. But um, is that the other EVPs weren't sure about Darby, um, and Cody had to frickin' wrestle him himself just to prove how good Darby was, but he's not the ace. Um, so, interesting there. Uh, the next match that we've got is the end of the number one contenders tournament uh, that's been going on over Dynam- on Dynamite. Um, it's the the match that I think we all you and I both definitely thought would be the finals. All right. I think we both thought this um, and I, you know, I think most people saw this as the finals, Kenny Omega, Adam page, former world tag team champions colliding, Um, you know, page still seems to want to be tag team partners. Omega wants to do a singles thing and is being definitely more aloof and more uh, slightly heelish, perhaps cocky, arrogant, at least um, heading into this match. So Tom, what do you think uh, happens here? In the number one tur- contenders tournament finals,
0: you get to pick this one first.
1: I do. Uh, and it's, <laughs> uh, it's Thursday, um, uh, so good, good job, Tom. I'm glad somebody was paying. I was checking to see if you were paying attention. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, again, you know, Omega definitely is doing more of the kind of heelish. Um, arrogant you know he's the greatest wrestler in the world you know these these uh almost Bobby Cruz like introductions um you know that they're doing that he used to do for Steve Carino um are are kind of fun I think um Omega has been dominant through this tournament um fairly dominant through this tournament I guess it'd be a good way to say it um Paige you know has had some wars I, I can go either way with this because I think um you know, Adam Page is definitely somebody they're building towards the world title. Um, but Adam Page versus John Moxley or Adam Page versus Eddie Kingston. Um, I won't tip my hat yet on where I'm going on that one. Um, eh, yeah, I don't know. I think it needs more build. Um, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. That's a big match. Um, and that's got a whole lot of history to it. Um, Kenny Omega versus um, Eddie Kingston. Interesting. Not a match I ever thought I'd even talk about. Um, you know, honestly, at one point. So um, so I, I really can go either way on this, but I think the Omega story is is his ascension to the top of the card here um in AEW. So so I'm gonna go Kenny Omega wins, maybe after some sort of chicanery though, and, and cheap, it might be a little too cheap, um, to cheat Adam Page out of the, the win. Um, so this story may very well continue. I think it probably does, but I'm going to go Kenny Omega.
0: Yeah, I think it's important, like what you laid out of, you know, without tipping your hat for the, the world title pick yet, to, to to think through who wins this match, you have to kind of anticipate what you think is going to happen and who who the best challenger is from this. and And whenever they get that shot, Let's hope that it's not on dynamite, or if it is on dynamite, that it leads to a rematch or it's it's seminal and it's a title switch. And maybe that's the case. Maybe that's maybe that's what we'll we'll end up experiencing before the end of the calendar year 2020. Maybe not. I agree with the history with Omega and and Mox, but I wonder too about when does Adam Page get his. Chance, and is this it, so I have gone back and forth, and i don't i don't I don't feel good about my pick either way. I feel like if I pick Omega, yeah, there's history and you can tell that story uh and and he is you know is he destined to be a world champion here? I think so, but is that time now? Paige has seemed to come differently in his character uh and and this is a great match. But are we going to get swerved? Is it? And, and to your point again, Kenny Omega has come off very much cocky when those uh, introductions started with all of the accolades and the lists. If you're humble, or if you're a true competitor, you're not looking to to put that out there. So he definitely seems to be the more heelish guy, and he's actually even even though the direction seemed like it was Paige that was kind of the guy that was being. Swayed. it's now gone back the other direction. I would rather, I think that there's money in Moxley versus Page, but I don't know that they go there yet. So therefore, I also will agree with you. I think it's Omega that wins here. If it doesn't happen, I won't be too terribly shocked. I'm expecting an incredible match here, uh, and I can't wait for this. However, that's not the match I talked about a week ago. Uh, so we both pick Omega here. Yep my teaser for last week about the match I was most looking forward to is the match that we talk about next. And that is... That is... The tag tag team team. title. Yes. So FTR versus the Young Bucks and the stip has been added in the last couple weeks that if the Bucks lose, they can never challenge for the titles again, much in the same way that Cody has that Albatross on his neck with the AEW world title. I can't wait for this match. And I know that people, and I know that the reality has been such that FTR has not met the expectation in the eyes of people who thought they were who they are in AEW or in the the tag team scene. But here's their chance. I mean, if the Bucs had now, – I'm, I'm not remembering 100%. Was it a seven-star match the Bucs had in February with Kenny Omega and, and Adam Page? Uh,
1: nine if it would have been in the Tokyo Dome.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So th- these four guys and these two teams, I think – I mean, the deck's stacked. Let's Let's be very clear first and foremost. The deck is stacked against them. But I think if there's anyone who can answer the bell and deliver – it's these guys. And I think the history here, I mean, this, this, this there's a lot on the show that I love and I'm really excited for, and we've talked about it already. But if you said, what is the one match you're paying for? This is the match. And I haven't even talked about who I want to pick yet. I'm just giving you all the hyperbole around it in my opinion, in my world. I don't like the stip. The stip makes it even harder to choose. I don't think you pull the titles off FTR yet, but I don't see how the Bucks lose. And the Bucks beat Private Party on TV this past week, so they got comeuppance from a year ago on the road to the potential titles by losing in that kind of upset match. Are they going to rectify all of their sins of the last year by finally winning the titles? And also proving that they are the best tag team in the world when FTR claims that they are. That's the story I want told. I just don't know if that's the story that they're going to tell. I also can't imagine, and in it's in pro wrestling, so you can book your way around stipulations, but AEW has been one where they've been pretty firm and fair and fast about holding true to what they put out there into the to the stipulation universe and the, you know, the, the the history and the lineage of the of the the pure sports and the true sports build. So if the Bucks do lose, I can't not see them ever having the belts again unless the young Bucks are breaking up, and that's not happening. So I, I apologize. I'm talking and I'm pontificating here, and taking your valuable time to make your pick too. But maybe it's giving you more time to think. I'm picking I'm picking the young Bucks to win the titles because I just can't see them not having the chance to challenge ever again. You lay out all of the problems with this match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so well done. I, I don't love this stipulation. Um, because also it also doesn't make sense. The stipulation works when FTR won't give the bucks the title match. So then the bucks say, we'll up the ante. If you give us the title match, we'll never challenge again if we lose. You give us one shot, we'll never challenge again if we lose. But that's not what happened. They earned the title match and then uh was it Nick or no, it was Matt. I think that they they did a sit down interview with him and Nick mentions that Matt had added this stipulation and Matt seems to be the one who's going a little more bat poo crazy um out of the two young bucks, you know it almost seems like they're hinting at a breakup, but I agree with you. Like, I think that's a bad idea. Um, much like Cody's stipulation like this, uh, I don't, I, at first I was like, oh, they can't do that. But with Cody, I, I think there was always the plan that there would be a secondary title, whether it was the TNT title, the TV title, the U.S. title, the Intercontinental, whatever they want to call it, Um the dynamite title, you know, whatever it could have been called. Um, so yeah, Cody can't challenge for the world title, but he can be in this TNT title picture and help make young guys there. I doubt they're going to add a secondary tag team title. We haven't really seen that since the WCW days when they had the world and the U S tag titles. Um, and I don't think the tag division as deep as it is in AEW having two tag champions. Just that, that doesn't make sense in this day and age. Um, to me. So if the Bucks were to lose, you know, right. They can always book themselves back into the stipulation somehow, but then, then you get into, Oh, it's WWE light. You know, they do this all the time. They have stipulations that they don't hold on to. Um, So all that said, I agree with you that I, I think it's a little too soon to take the belts off FTR, which is why I wouldn't have done this stupid stipulation. Um, because then you have FTR win and they can still come back to this match down the road. Um, however, I I think it's the bucks. Um, I'm going to go with you on this one and say the bucks, um, as much again, as I'd love to have a difference to continue to try to make, um, up the difference. Uh, I don't do that if I don't believe it. (laughs) And now will I be shocked if FTR wins a little bit because it'll make me kind of go, huh, what are they going to do with that stipulation now? you know, but yet, I I just think the Bucks are going to get the titles here. I don't think it'll be a real long reign for the Bucks, though, which would make two kind of shorter reigns, you know. The tag titles don't have to be long reigns either, I guess. Uh, but I don't see the Bucks needing to have a really super long reign with the belts. Maybe they will. I don't know. But I think that they're going to run into the same problem Cody runs into and the same problem that Kenny's going to run into. When you're EVPs of the company, if you put yourself into a long title run, you better make darn good and sure that everybody thinks it's worthy of it or else it's just going to look like you're the bookers. You know, even though, yes, Tony Khan has final say, you know, you're in management and you're putting belts on yourself all the time. So they got to be careful of that. But I think the Bucks as the champs works here. They've gone, you know, them as a heel. um, You know, do you eventually go to Kenny Omega as the world champion and the Bucks, you know, the elite having all of the gold kind of thing? Uh, you got to be careful doing that. Um, maybe you do it, but I think the Bucks win this match.
0: Um, Let me ask you a question. And I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off if you had another comment to make there. Um, do you think this has to be the title match? Like, do you, do, you, do you think they could have given us this match without the title titles being in the line?
1: Absolutely, they could have. If uh, Now, because one of them is the champions, no. Um, you know, so FDR having the belts means this has to be a title match to me. Um, so so let,
0: me, let, me, let me pause there, though, because they were doing the brush with greatness, which I recognize the brush with greatness kind of were like 20 minute time limit plus the belts are on the line. But you could have seen a negotiation, I feel like, and the Bucks, and they could have said, well, we're not fighting you, even though you're number one contenders and you're not getting a title shot. You haven't earned it in our eyes, but they could have said, well, we'll give you the brush with greatness, but the belts are on the line and that's how the Bucks win and get. Leverage over FTR, but FTR doesn't lose the belts. And then when they actually are on the line, the Bucks don't win. Now I guess I'm, I'm obviously I'm I'm kind of pontificating about what could happen, but I just wonder like if, if they had gone with that story, because they they've 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 if I don't think this is too quick. I think it's it's very timely and it's right. important. But as you're able to look at it with a critical eye, I just I just wonder about those things.
1: Yeah, and. And I think they didn't need to put the belts on the FTR in the first place um, right Right away or as quick as they did. Um, I think you, you could have built to this match happening here at Full Gear and it just being for maybe it's a number one contenders match. I wouldn't have done that just because that makes it feel a little less than. But it's the dream match. It's the match everybody's been wanting for years. It's the match they've been wanting for years. And then you still have another tag team title match between... You know, best friends in the Lucha Bros or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing some some teams out there. Um, so you could have had two high profile tag team matches going on in this on this show. Um, it didn't need the belts, but it, it, you know, it's kind of the Randy Orton Edge thing. Um, if Randy Orton hangs on to that world title until WrestleMania and faces Edge, which is what I originally said when when I predicted him winning the title last month um, at Hell in a Cell. I don't think Randy Orton and Edge needs the title at WrestleMania. I think you can do that match without the title. I don't think this match needed the titles. I think there's plenty of story here. You didn't need to do that. Um, And the stipulation to me actually almost pulls away from it a little bit because it's supposed to be about who's the best in the world, which I realize the AEW tag team champions are supposed to be the best tag team in the world. That's why you have belts. Uh, yeah, I don't, I like your idea though, that they could have used that the brush to greatness thing. I don't think they ever used to its extent. Nobody ever went to a time limit draw. Like, yeah, like it's kind of like the ruling and I don't mean to keep jumping companies. It's kind of like the ruling in ring of honor about the pure title. If anybody interferes, they're going to get fired. Like I fully expected Brian Johnson because he's this, you know, crazed, angry at everybody guy to interfere in one of PJ blacks matches. Then he gets fired and we see him homeless on the street or something. Um, in wrestling, you make a rule so that somebody can break it, and then there's consequences. Um, the brush with greatness thing was interesting, and then they did absolutely, they were just matches. They were the regular matches. Um,
0: yeah, I, and I, I the one comment I'll make in, in that space, but then I think it extends beyond, and here's a good example in this match with this added stipulation. AEW does so many things really, really well, and they're a really high-quality product. I think sometimes because there may be too many cooks in the kitchen, there's a little bit of, of overbooking or oversaturation of gimmicks. Now, again, if we sit here next week on this podcast and we're like, ah, it all makes sense, then you know what? Open mouth, insert foot. I'm good with that. But until that time, that's how it feels to me.
1: Yep, totally with you on it. All right, well, we have one match left and it's mine to pick first. First. And it is the world title, I Quit Match, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. So I have to say a couple of things on this match. One is, if you would have told me a year ago that Eddie Kingston would be main eventing a pay-per-view for one of the top two companies in America anyways, maybe the world, New Japan, would have something to say about that. Um, I probably would have told you you were nuts. (laughs) I, I, I wouldn't have thought that this would have happened for Eddie Kingston kudos to him. He has made the most out of, you know, he got one kind of shot there with the TNT title when Cody was doing the the open challenge thing. Uh, He accounted for himself very well. I have loved the build to this. The face-off that they did on Wednesday night uh, between Moxley and Kingston talking about their past and Moxley promising Kingston's mom that he would watch out for him. Kingston saying it's too late for him. He's already sold out awesome stuff. Um, they made me want to see this match far more than I ever could have thought. I wanted to see a John Moxley and Eddie Kingston match. Um, Kingston has always been a guy who I thought was really good on the mic and was kind of okay in the ring. Um, I haven't loved him in the ring, but when you tell the story so well, it makes me want to see the match, whether I think it's going to be Brian Danielson versus Samoa Joe or not. Um, this isn't going to be Brian Danielson versus Samoa Joe. (laughs) It's not. Um, it's going to be violent as crap, though, um, and and I I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, I have to admit they they made me care about a match that I wasn't sure I would. Um, I love Kingston and his family that he's put together with the Lucha Bros, and uh, and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I I think that's going to get interesting here because Pack had a re- had a promo about coming back. I don't know how soon he'll be back. Um, it would be awesome to see him here. Um, but I'm excited for Pac to come back, but whenever he can get back over here, you know, it's fine. So that's going to be interesting because he had Death Triangle going with the Lucha Bros. Now the Lucha Bros are in, uh, they haven't really called themselves the family, but that's what he keeps referring to them as, is they are family. Um, So I think the build has been great to this. I think everything's been great. I also think there's no chance on God's green earth that Eddie Kingston walks out with the world title here. Uh, As much as that would be a really interesting story, and I would have to give AEW kudos for having the cojones to put the world title on Eddie Kingston at that level. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see that. Um so Mox is my my winner here. I will say though, I think this is gonna be really, really fun. Um, and I hope that it even has some sort of a creative way to get him to say, I quit. Um, you know, at the end, have Moxley lock him in something where we're all going, oh my God, you know, like, like, what are you doing to that poor man? Um, Because Kingston has pushed him to that level, that that's what he had to do to win the match and keep his title. Uh, But Moxley is my, my winner, but I'm looking forward to this. They have built, I have to say, you know, before you make your pick on this last match, Tom, top to bottom, for the most part, they've done a really strong job building this card. This is one of the better builds I think AEW has had.
0: I agree with that. And, Maybe more so than anything, that's probably very telling as to why, even though on this podcast before, I've said, I'm going to order the show. Show comes, then order it. Now, that was life getting in the way and other things, other priorities. Um, and I'm not letting that happen this Saturday, like I said from the start. Uh, I've already I've already placed the, the order with my remote on my cable box. Um, I'm paying $60 Xfinity. Uh, but I want to be able to watch it on on, on the TV that I don't have BR live on. So otherwise, you'd be getting ten dollars less. It's okay. It's okay. I'll, I'll 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 eat ramen for a week. I'll be okay. Uh, yeah. Um, all of the things you've said, I I am on point with you uh, in that in that in those feelings. And Eddie Kingston is—they're not calling him that here, I don't think—but he is the last of a dying breed. He is a guy who, when he speaks, you feel it. That in-ring between he and Moxley, and Moxley carried his own weight too. But just with Kingston, you feel his words. Every, every fiber, every drip of emotion that comes off the words from his mouth, it lands with me. Whether I like him or whether I don't. And I, and you, and I get drawn into the wand to like him even more because I believe what he's saying. Like he, like it, it comes across as being very real to me, in and, and and if everyone was able to cut promos like that, who knows what what and how we would process and feel about other issues in professional wrestling. Um, Mox is my pick as well. I don't see the title changing here. I really hope for a creative finish. The fact that they brought Eddie Kingston's mom up and said that she was going to be in the front row. Makes me feel like there could be a, something there. Is this is this the blow off for these two, or is there something left in the tank? You would think an I Quit match is, the, you know, the be all end all or one of the ways of a be all end all. But Kingston before said he never tapped out. He didn't tap out in their first match. He didn't lose the shot in the in the battle royal to earn a title shot because of whatever finagling went on. Does something happen here where something happens where either he doesn't quit or it's piped in on a mic? Does that is that where is that where Pac gets involved? Right? And does it come over the loudspeaker but his mouth doesn't move? I, I don't know. I I, I don't want to
1: grasp. I
0: don't wanna I don't wanna grasp at straws here, uh and, and get too deep in the weeds as well. But I can't wait. And and yeah, this match, this card very much has me having zero regrets on the front end. And I strongly feel on the back end. I have zero regrets for choosing to invest time and money to watch this show. And I can't wait for Saturday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a really strong show. Um, My intent right now is to watch it live. We'll see how that goes. Um, I don't, Think we have anything Saturday night at this point, but um, you know, sometimes my schedule is not known to myself until later on, too. So you understand how that works, Tom. Um, So we'll see how that rolls. Um, But my intent right now is that, yes, I will um, watch this show live. Uh, I don't think we have anything else uh, left to say certainly about AEW. Um, so just to recap though, the differences, we have two differences, uh, if I am right, Tom, if that matches with yours, um, in that I picked Nyla Rose, you picked Takaro I picked Cody, you picked Darby Allen, neither of which either of us feel super strong about. Um, so when we do our rankings later in our fantasy pickems, um, I have a sneaky hunch both of those matches where we differ are going to be um, smaller numbers than than the, the eights and nines that we'll be putting on some other matches.
0: Low confidence picks, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yes, low confidence, but... Uh, so, will Tom be five matches up on me when we get back? Will Will we stay at three matches down? Or will I pull within one by pulling off two matches on Saturday? We'll see. My luck has not said that lately, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, our hope will be to be back with you next week to talk three big things each uh, from full gear. And uh, let's see, next week won't be the lead into Survivor Series. We'll have one more week for that um, before we get that. So who knows what else we might talk about next week. We'll have to get together on our schedule and figure that out. If there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. I know we still do have in the back of our mind uh, some ideas or, or uh, a retro review to do on a show that uh, someone asked us about. So yes, we will still get to that. Uh, We just have a lot of shows to cover between now and then. So we'll have to see when that fits in. Um, But we will get into the Battle Royal at Royal Albert Hall at some point here in the future. Um, And we got some other ideas we're kicking around too. So you never know. Tom, anything else you'd like to uh, share before we head off?
0: No, just super excited, pumped for this conversation. Was pumped for the conversation. Enjoyed the conversation greatly. Hopefully our listeners did too. Uh, And... uh, Can't wait to see it all unfold uh, very soon. Very soon. Live on pay-per-view, baby.
1: That's right. That's right. Go to the pay window. Uh, All right. There was a really good Dusty Rhodes figure that was revealed yesterday, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the image on it. I did. The the hat with the chicken claw on it. That's amazing.
0: I know. Um, Yeah. Amazing. I hope I can can win this pick contest so I can get a figure.
1: That's right. That's right. I don't know if it'll be dusty I ask for but uh well when when I come back and and upset you after the the substantial lead but uh, I'm hoping you're the Atlanta Falcons. That's all I'm saying, Tom. Um, <laughs> all right. Now that we've uh, woven wrestling figures and football into this, we will sign off everybody. Hey, thanks for uh listening. If you can rate, subscribe, review, do all of that kind of stuff, we'd love five stars. Um but it just helps us, helps other people find our show. Um, So if you get a chance, we would love for you to do that on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on or on YouTube, uh, where it airs as well. Um, And everybody stay safe, stay calm. And as I said last week, be kind to one another. Uh, You know, we're all in this together, folks, whether we agree on things, whether we disagree on things, we're all in this together. Ultimately, we should all want everybody to do well. And uh, I hope that's what we want out of the world. So let's just be nice. That's all I'm asking. I feel like I'm talking to three-year-olds. Be nice to each other. Uh, But really, be kind, folks. Tom, a pleasure as always. We will talk again soon.
0: Can't wait, man.